Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Todd Straka. He's with UL. He's currently serving as their global industry director for electrical products, their electrical products retail business. In his current role, Todd is responsible for developing and expanding and refining UL's global lighting and retailer business portfolio to support the ever-changing needs of the industry. That's right, ever-changing. It sure changes a lot. Todd has been involved in the testing and certification business, um, supporting the lighting industry for over 24 years, the last 11 of which he's been with UL. He has worked closely with many industry stakeholders, including manufacturers, retailers, distributors, specifiers, government agencies, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, we're going to throw in there the United States Department of Energy, the United States uh, Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, some big names here. Department of Transportation. NEMA, the National Electrical Manufacturers Association, the American Lighting Association, and now he's working with Nailed. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's right. Um, he has been heavily involved with various well-known energy efficiency and performance testing programs, such as Energy Star. Never heard of that one. The Design Lights Consortium, as well as the UL's latest offerings focus, focused on marketing claims verification. Very important. But before we get to Todd and we start grilling him hot on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, we got to talk about the crazy folks, Greg. TCPI.com. That's right. Technical consumer products, the craziest folks in lighting, Greg Eric. Right. And I don't know if I call what they do crazy all the time. I call it good and, and beneficial to me, at least as a salesperson. Mm-hmm. I'm out there selling lighting every day. They have just about every product that you can ask for in terms of LED fixtures or LED bulbs. And the best part is they have all the colors covered, too, with the Kelvin temperatures. That's something that you you sell a job, and then all of a sudden the customer throws a wrench at you and says, I want 35K. Mm. Screwing 35K? There's like two companies that have it. TCP has it. So check them out. Check out tcpi.com. And, of course, proud members, longtime members of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Get educated. Get associated. But for right now, what's happening, Todd Straka? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. That's yeah, our pleasure. Greg, why don't you kick this one off for the peeps and see where it goes? Well, let's start off hot with UL. What is the purpose of UL in terms of the lighting industry? Yeah, so so UL obviously has a, I think, a long-standing history, right, over 125 years. And, and we really started in the lighting industry, right, as, as a, an independent third-party certification organization. And the UL mark has become very synonymous with product safety um, throughout North America, especially. And um, and UL obviously has diversified its portfolio of services to get into many different types of certifications and verifications and, you know, really just partnering deeply with manufacturers to bring safe, high performing products to market. And uh, that's really what we concentrate our efforts on. Did it actually start in like the first thing UL did was lighting? Lighting was actually one of the very first industries that we got involved with um, uh, due to uh, a fire at the World Expo uh, that came as a result of, of uh, a fire that resulted from uh, lighting and electricity. And so, yeah, lighting was one of the real, I'll say, initial industries that UL uh, was heavily involved in. So uh, a very long history in lighting. Yeah, that is a, a getting out there for sure. Um, so in terms of what you guys are doing 
for the first hundred years or so, was it all safety? And now or 120 years yeah. or where are we at with that time frame? Yeah. So, so I think primarily, right over over time, uh, certainly, you know, product safety has always been a, a chief concern, right, of of consumers and users of of electrical products, um, especially in le- in lighting industry and and other electrical areas. And you know, product safety can never be overlooked, uh, even even in today's world where with the transition in lighting to to LEDs and and you've gone to products that are consuming less energy and you know, maybe oftentimes people think, hey, you know, uh, when I go to the store and, and purchase a product, uh, you know, you don't go there thinking about product safety. You, a lot of consumers have that mindset of, hey, if the product's on the shelf, it must be safe. But they maybe don't fully appreciate or realize all of the, the work that's gone on behind the scenes to, to really ensure that that is the case, right, that the products that are on store shelves are safe. And so UL has really, you know, as as a standards development organization, uh, we actually are heavily involved in developing safety standards and really building our our foundation off of safety science and and really ensuring that not only do we have safe products uh, as a result of the safe standards that industry has come together to develop, um, but we now are expanding that right over the last I would say 20 plus years. There now has been more of a focus on product performance, right? How do products perform? And products, uh, I'll say programs such as uh, those like Energy Star, where we were validating and verifying not only the energy efficiency, but actual the product performance attributes um, of lighting and and other appliances and other electrical products. Um, But that's an area where product quality and product performance UL has really expanded itself uh, over the last you know, 15 to 20 years to really make sure that we have a deep offering and knowledge of how to help manufacturers, um, you know, I'll say increase uh, the trust uh, that they can build with their consumers and their specifiers and, and ensure that they're putting out a high quality product. Now, from a safety standpoint and the UL safety listing, do all, I, maybe I should know this, but do all lighting products have to have that to be sold? Or is that just a... so? So in, in in the United States, it, while it's not a a mandatory uh, requirement, it is something that really has become um, for in order to safely sell products and 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 to be able to really access markets. Many of the major big box retailers and and specifiers they do mandate that products have been properly certified to the appropriate safety standards. So. Um, you will see that the, the growth of certified products um, through independent third-party organizations such as UL, and, and there are a host of others out there, um, it, it's, it's really uh, uh, you know, grown exponentially over, over time, and, and we continue to see a strong demand for products uh, that, that bear a, a mark such as UL um, to make sure that that is really signifying that the product is safe and and can be used by consumers in a safe manner. Are there too many accreditation agencies? Um, I wouldn't say too many. There are certainly uh, quite a few accreditation agencies and and UL, uh, we certainly uh, are involved in many and we hold many different accreditations from different accreditation bodies around the world. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it is, I would say, a challenge to make sure that we are 
ongoing and, and maintaining all of our accreditations. And as we expand uh, our global footprint, um, ensuring that we you know, uh, maintain all of those accreditations and we can properly gain access to all of the global markets that our customers want to go, um, that's really important is, is to ensure that we have uh, all of those necessary accreditations. Yeah, you do, but I mean, I'm talking about the consumers. I mean, it's becoming a very complex web. Um, even for someone who's in the industry, like the a lighting distributor, you know, you got ETL, CSA, CUL. I'm Canadian, so mm -hmm. in the past it was CSA, and that was basically the only thing that would be on a product. And then CUL came out. It's the American one with a little C in front of it, right? Which means yep. that it meets Canadian standards. And now you have Correct. so many different kinds of bodies that can, um, you know, put a stamp on something. Even the Electrical Safety Authority, which is a local electrical inspection agency has launched a, um, a product accreditation department um, on their own here in Ontario. And I think the more players that enter this game, uh, the less um, assurance there is or something. It's almost like a workaround, you know? Uh, <clears throat> so I'm wondering to myself, when I look at, um, like I consider UL to be a accreditation agency. Is that not what you guys are? Well, not not really an accreditation agency. I would say a certification agency. Okay, right. We so are, then, is there too many are... certification agencies? That's what I want to ask. So, you. yeah. So obviously, there are a, a number of global certification agencies, and what I would say is, due to the sheer volume of of products across all industries and categories, mm -hmm. literally billions of products, right, um, being certified. That certainly lends itself to competition in the in the certification space, and and we've seen the the testing, inspection, and certification industry has grown very robustly over in, in my time uh, over the last 24 years. Um, we've seen great growth in the, in that particular industry, and you know it, it can get a little bit daunting for to your point, Mike, about the you know from a consumer perspective, seeing all of the various labels on on products and exactly what does that mean and and yet mm -hmm. here we are today talking about actually another label, right? A, a marketing claims verification label, which mm -hmm. we'll get into that is yet another potential uh, mm -hmm. mark that you could start to see on pa product packaging. So it can get a little bit daunting. We try to do our best to educate not only the manufacturers and our customers, but those who are using and specifying and purchasing those products, um, you know, so that they fully appreciate and understand what's behind the actual certification. Another thing is verification of a certification. Um, I know that, you know, with, um, I was, we were speaking with uh, Rico, like Nigel um, Harvey, uh, Greg, and he had mentioned that, you know, you could buy products in the UK. So I don't know if this is true for Canada, I haven't checked, but you could buy products in the UK and a huge percent of them had false certifications on the products. So they, they were selling um, products into the UK over marketplaces. I'm not going to say the name of the one that's the most dominant. I'm sure we all know who we're talking about. But these products were coming into the UK with false verifications on them. Um, how big of a problem is that? And does the, the, the volume of certifications increase the likelihood of that, in your opinion? Yeah, so uh, UL actually takes that into um, some very strong consideration. So we have a, a brand protection team um, that UL uh, has stood up and, and we really take an active role in trying to protect 
products uh, and ensuring that not only products, right, but we want to work to protect brands, products, places, and people. And, and uh, you know, certainly there are, uh, I'll say, bad actors in the out there, right, that we have seen our in our own case uh, where there are you know counterfeit goods, counterfeit products, counterfeit labels um, for for certifications, and we actually partner very closely we with federal law enforcement agencies, Interpol. Um, we have a very active brand protection team um, to that takes really ag aggressive efforts towards removing counterfeit goods um, through the stream of commerce, and you know really making sure that we are protecting the brand integrity of not only the UL label and, and the UL mark and brand, but also our, our customers' brands, uh, because obviously that, that can be, you know, have a, a high negative impact on their business. So that's something that we take very seriously. And we've, we've actually, in the lighting space specifically over the years, um, we've instituted the use of things like holographic labels um, on, on lighting products, where you may see a holographic label mm. and, and the ability to really deter the, the ability of those to counterfeit um, certifications. And so, uh, you know, we, we do take uh, some very active uh, steps uh, globally to try to prevent those things from happening. And, and really, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, that UL is heavily involved in. It's, it's interesting that you bring up the, the holographic and, and this sort of thing. Um, it, it, just to make a weird side point, did, I think it's 30 or 40% of Canadian teenagers um, don't know the difference between a credit card and a debit card. And I've often wondered to myself why they don't teach that in high school. And one of the things that would be interesting as well is like what, it, you know, to teach, you know, people about what these different, because you kind of have to learn it on your own. You know, I mean, you're expected to know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that when you buy a product, it should have uh, a safety certification on it. And these are the people that can do that. Then this is the symbols you yep. want to look for. Nobody really knows that. I mean, not a, nobody. there's no point at which your life when someone sits you down, here's how you uh, file your taxes. Uh, this is how you, uh, <laughs> you uh, can tell if a product is safe or not, or if it's been tested. Sure. That's, it's almost like essential knowledge that you know, you're expected to learn on your own. But I think that's a good segue into the verification, yeah. the marketing side. Because, sure. um, Greg, you want to jump in here before we uh, move there? I just said, yeah, one other thing, just on the safety side of things. Sure. Um, so what, I get that, you know, the peace of mind knowing that it has the safety claims and everything. But what if an issue arises that it said it was safe for? Is UL backing anything more? I'm, I'm trying to look at all the benefits that a manufacturer gets by doing a UL listing. Yeah, so uh, we certainly get heavily involved if there is a, an instance of whether it be, you know, a counterfeit activity um, uh, of a label um, or an issue in the field with a product. Um, we, we will absolutely work closely with the manufacturer. Um, and, and so, you know, they do gain uh, an extra level of support, support when they do partner with, with UL. And so that's, uh, that, that's definitely something that we're actively engaged in. Um, you know, throughout the, I'll say the product life cycle with, with our, with our customers. So. So the marketing, so the, the lighting industry, and we've talked about this over and over on the, the show is the sizzle versus the steak, you know, the, um, this daylight, it's cool white, it's warm white. It's, uh, you know, the full spectrum, cool green. I have an ad and a framed on my wall here, cool green, good for your eyes. Um, 
You know, uh, full spectrum, that's another word that's chucked around a lot. Uh, natural daylight, these kind of marketing departments running wild. Yep. Um, even in major manufacturers, we, we, we've seen it. Um, and then it just it goes into hyper mode and these certain cures seasonal affected disorder and, you know, all these, these claims. Um, what is, how did this start and why did it start and what's the purpose of it? Yeah. So, so the marketing claims verification program is something that is, I'll say, relatively new. We rolled it out a few years ago, um, and it's starting to gain some really tremendous momentum um, throughout the industry and with our customer base. And really what, what the, the premise of the program is really all about, it's, it's to help companies demonstrate that their marketing and advertising claims are accurate, truthful, and credible. Right. And, and through through the use of independent third party objective verification. And so, you know, having a, a brand like UL um, being able to put that on your packaging with a specific claim to show that you've taken the necessary steps to gain independent third party verification of that claim. Um, it really helps to instill that trust, right, build trust and build confidence from a consumer perspective. Um, it was interesting. I was recently reading uh, back in, in 2019 in the Edelman Trust Barometer, they, they did a survey of over 16,000 consumers globally, and, and they found that 81% of them actually were surveyed. And they said that trust is one of the most important parts of their purchase decision, yet only 30 for 34% of those 81% said that they that they only 34% trust the brands that they buy most of the time. So, you know, there is a lot of to your point, right? There's a lot of claims out there and as a consumer it can be very overwhelming, right? You any product packaging you're you're seeing performance claims and all of these different things and how do you know what to believe and and so, you know, from our perspective this is just a great tool um, that we created you know, to really leverage the, the independent third-party um, verification and, and, again, to help consumers really build that trust and understand that, hey, when I purchase this product and it says that it does X, um, that, that it's been tested uh, and verified that it does X. Um, and so uh, it's, uh, it's been a great program for us. Like I said, I think just in the last couple of years, we've seen some tremendous growth and interest around this as, as I think more and more people are so consumed with ensuring that they want to elevate their product quality and their product performance, um, you know, to make sure that they're building a loyal customer base. I think that, you know, that's, that's really what it's about. And this is just a, a great tool that they can use to help leverage those efforts. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, I think a lot of, uh, corporations have sabotaged that trust and, and, and on their own, simply like, you know, having their own awards, you know, like we gave ourselves an award. We, we launched another awards company and it awarded us an award, um, for product quality. And there's a lot of stuff like that. And people become skeptical. A lot of, a lot of, uh, people say that a lot of, you often hear claims that people are stupid or, you know, people don't change very quickly. Well, I don't believe that. I think people just ignore a lot and they don't mm -hmm. listen because there's too much noise. But um, I think if you could cut through the noise with something like this, it would be extremely effective, especially with the brand recognition, the worldwide brand recognition of a UL, Greg. Um, I'm going to swing it over to you. I mean, it's something that would cut through. There's a lot of other certification agencies that 
don't have that. You're talking about brand power, brand trust. I think UL does bring with it some serious goodwill to the table, Greg, when we're talking mm-hmm. in this way. Now, I, I get, um, you know, the, the claims thing, I got to get an understanding of, because I, I get when you have safety and that's that's on there. But what are examples sure. of marketing claims that you're actually verifying right now? Yeah, so you, you'll see on our site uh, a couple of claims around, you know, Flickr, for example, right? Um, you know, Flickr less than a certain percentage. And, and you know, really what what the any you know that's the beauty of this program right is that it can actually address any product performance claim as long as we can back it with you know scientifically sound and rigorous repeatable test methodology that gives us data to support that specific claim you can make a claim you know uh mike mentioned you know whether it's color temperature right or you know cool light warm light whether it's you know flicker um, the amount of flicker, whether it's the amount of blue light, um, you if you go to our our, uh, our directory, we have a directory at our, our verify.ul.com page, you will see a searchable directory there. Um, and you can search by product, you can search by, by company um, and see all of the different types of, of uh, claims that are there. And, and it virtually can be any product performance characteristic, which is really kind of the beauty of it is, you know, where, on, on the product safety side, right, we start with a an industry standard and we work with the manufacturers to ensure that their product will comply with that industry standard. Um, on, on the marketing claims verification side, it actually, it, it works a little differently, right? We start with what is the claim that, that the manufacturer wishes to make about that specific product, right? And you know, and I, I mentioned building trust and confidence, but I think another really big benefit is how to differentiate your product, right? What is it about your product that it does something differently than your competition, right? And and if you can validate and verify that through an independent third party such as UL and put a, a, a label on your packaging and product that, that states that, um, that can be a really powerful tool. So um, that's that to me are some of the really high level benefits of the program. And, and we've gotten some tremendous feedback from, from both customers and, and manufacturers that, that want to differentiate their product and from those that are purchasing and, and utilizing that product and using the product. So um, it, it's, it's something that is gaining a lot of traction in the market. So if somebody says their claims on their package that it's flicker free, Will you go in there and say you can't use the word free, but you can use less than this percentage? Yeah. So, so what we don't do today, right? We don't go out and, you know, we will work with manufacturers to create a claim verification. We are not out policing uh, all of the products that are out in the marketplace today and, and coming back to them about, you know, their specific claims that they're making, right? So, you know, we partner with the with the manufacturers on the front end and, and really work with them to understand how do they want to differentiate their products and, and, and so forth. Um, we don't do a lot of what I'll call product surveillance once the products are in the field. Um, you know, t- for, for customers that haven't worked with us, right, we're not out policing, you know, all of those 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 claims out there today. So just with those companies that we work with for the, the marketing claims verification program. So sorry, I go back to this because I see it on packages, but the word free is a broad term. To me, it, you know, if you're going to certify, it means mm-hmm. zero. 
Are you guys going yep. in and have you had anybody come in and say, we want to put Flickr free on and you go back and say, you can't, you have to do this? Yeah, look, what it boils down to is can the data support that it is 100% Flickr free? And I think if you talk to most people in the industry, right, they'll tell you that it is, you know, nearly impossible, if not impossible to have 100% Flickr free. You will see it, the claims that we have in our, it's less than, you know, 2%, less than 3%. Um, as long as it's measured and we have data to support that that claim, that specific claim that they want to make, then we can go ahead and apply that that marketing claims verification mark. But it but it has to be backed up by data. So that's that's the real key. And I'll leave this topic after this. But what about more generalized terms like low flicker? What is low? Do you guys say yeah, you so can't you, write we, low? Yeah, so we, we don't say you can't write it. What we say is if you're going to use our UL marketing claims verification, we need to define that, right? We need to define what does low mean? Is that less than 2%? Is it less than 5%? Is it less than 10%? What is it that, you know, it has to be, it always has to correlate back to the data that we can produce, you know, through our, our testing and, and, and that we, that we perform. So, so that's what it really, as long as the, the, the claim can be tied directly to the data, um, you know, but to, to, to your point, to just say low or free or, you know, good, better, best. No, those those we can't say um, because, you know, it, it isn't directly attributable to test data that would support that. Right. You have to define it very clearly. OK, and I'm kind of hot on this right now, but what if a package has more than one claim and do you say the whole We'll, we're going to warranty or we're going to certify this claim on this part of the package or we're going to warranty or sorry, not warranty, certify all of these claims. Yeah. So so the, the way the program works, so it's maybe that it might be helpful for me. To, there's there's a couple of interesting, I'll say it's basically a five step process, if you will, um, to to get through, um, you know, to to gain the UL verification for marketing claims. Step one is we, we partner with the customer um, to really understand, right, what is the claim that they're most interested in making? And, and they can have multiple claims, right? There could be multiple claims that they want to make. Um, we, we could put as many marks on there or on their packaging as they, as they would like to have. There's no uh, uh, minimum or maximum uh, to that. But um, we will sit with the customer. We will try to understand what is it that they would like to claim. We will then step two is to really go ahead and develop the protocol, right? What, what is the test method or program that we will use? Um, how will we validate and verify that test or that claim with the test data that we can, that we can gather? Um, and then that actual testing is conducted as part of step three, right? And once we show that the, that the claim has been validated and verified, um, we can then go ahead and authorize the, the use of the label, and then they can go out and, and put that on their product packaging and their product on the product itself, if they so choose. Um, and then the last component is an important one, because what the way that we offer the program today, it can be time-based or time-bound, rather. Um, so most of the time, we, we have a, you know, once you gain the, the MCV label, um, you can utilize that for the next 12 months. And if you choose to continue to use that beyond that, 
we do have a, a surveillance program where once a year we will go in, we will actually get product, we will test it, retest it to make sure that it product is still um, meeting those initial conditions um, and that you know the, the claim is still true um, on, on the products being produced. So um, there is that surveillance aspect uh, for manufacturers that wish to keep the claim uh, valid for uh, longer than a 12 month period. Since Greg took over the show, I've got about five or six things I want to ask you now. I don't know where to start. No. Sure. Um, so the first one is, for me, what are the major claims at issue in the lighting industry? So you got, you got your flicker. What else do we have that people are talking about? Yeah, so I mean, I think a couple of the key areas really that we've seen, obviously flicker has been a big one. Um, you know, blue light ha- has been another one. And, and we've had some, uh, I'll say, some interest around uh, using marketing claims verification as we get into, obviously, human-centric lighting, um, circadian. Uh, you know, there's you see a lot of claims now about circadian-friendly products and human-centric mm-hmm. products and those types of things. And, and the challenge with that is that, you know, we are actively working um, to, uh, you know, I'll say build some more robust performance testing services in those areas, but the lack of standards uh, in HCL and mm-hmm. circadian and, and the industry, is still very much in its infancy in terms of standards development and specification and test method development. Um, but those are areas that, that are very much, um, I'll say, a topic of interest and, and things that people are coming to us with. Um, you know, we have had to say no. Um, there, you know, to, sometimes there, there are claims that, you know, may not be able to be validated in a test lab, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to jump know, in and interrupt you, know. you here for a second sure. here, Todd, because sure. I, this is where I think the rubber meets the road on this. So you talked about flicker and blue light. I I took a, mm-hmm. which was interesting. I wish I had taken this course when I was very young, but it was a philosophy of math. And so did, instead of teaching you anything about math, it just taught you what each type of math was meant to address. And I remember the negative numbers section. So fascinating. Negative numbers are designed to denote an absence of something, right? So when you're yep. talking about flicker and blue light, you can verify that there's no flicker. You can verify that there's no blue light. That's a negative. It's absent. It's not there, right? So, okay, go ahead and sell it. And then we'll test it in a year. Maybe the, the binning dots on the LED chips change and there's a little bit of blue light down there. And we come and verify that later. There's a major problem with, with verifying positive changes to people's health. That is a mm-hmm. huge mountain to climb. And it involves mm-hmm. commissioning in the field. It involves um, very low levels of increase in productivity. You know, 1% or half a percent would be a monster improvement. Like if you could, if you had sure. 10,000 people and you improved, all improved their mental health by 0.5%. That would mean that some people had a 20% increase. Other people had no increase. You know, you would have all these and it would significantly help people. Even a minor little minuscule Mm -hmm. amount would be a monster improvement. But that's on the positive side of the ledger. You're not talking that there's no flicker here. So we're not going to cause any damage to you with this product, right? So you're talking Mm -hmm. about absences of negative impacts from the light, right? Um, You know, now you're trying to switch to, oh, here is a positive impact that we know will occur. I would suspect that that is far more complicated than verifying a negative, a subtraction of a negative. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think, you know, what, what you bring up is, a, is obviously a very valid point. And I think that, you know, look, what, what we, uh, you know, at UL and, and any other independent lab, right, what we can validate and verify is through test and scientific rigor and, and measurement, what is it that we can physically test and measure, right, and, and support it with data? What, what we don't have, and, and we see it all the time in the lighting industry today, right, is those claims that, you know, better sleep, uh, better productivity, uh, you know, whatever that might be, right? And, you know, today, how do you measure that, right? There, there are no test specifications today. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get there someday, um, but, but they don't exist. So, you know, we, we have to concentrate our efforts on, you know, things that can be val validated and measured um, and tested. And, and so, you know, where we can really point to the data to support a specific claim, right? So, you know, better sleep, right? I, I suppose if you commissioned a, a study and, you know, uh, other organizations I know do that, right? Um, you know, maybe there's some, some you know, far reaching um, claims and other things that, that maybe there are other ways to validate, but, you know, in the test and test inspection certification world, it really all comes back to what is it that you can actually tangibly measure and test. And, and that's yeah. the real key for, that's, for this program. That's a huge challenge for like the word, even the word safety has, has a new connotation in 2021 mm -hmm. than it had uh, two years ago. I mean, uh, you know, safety in the UL says, this is not going to start on fire if you plug it in. Like that was kind of mm -hmm. what you guys did, right? So that's a, again, we're subtracting the fire risk from this product, right? Because it has these different things assembled in this way equals it's not going to start on fire. Um, if you toast your bread and burn it, it's not going to start a fire. Um, but with the positive, um, with trying to create an environment where there's a positive outcome that's measurable without at the same time, not looking for any un other unintended problems that you may create mm -hmm. by in the race for the positive effect. So we had a fellow yeah. come on the show and say, what you really need is vertical um, luminaires at uh, 2000 lux. Okay, that's like three times of a paint booth. And if you've ever been in a paint booth, there's right. a lot of pressure from that light. Like you feel that brightness. It's not comfortable. So when, when, you, when I don't feel comfortable, I, it's probably not good for me. So like people get, well, yeah, but that, the sun is 4,000, you know, lux in the shade with your cap on or whatever. It's like, well, I mean, uh, is there a way to predict that, you know, somehow there may be an unintended negative consequence of this intervention when we're looking for this one positive thing that we want to get could it, could it also bear with it a whole bunch of negative things that we're not actually looking for in the data and thus we don't find it, you know? Um, yeah. th th I think the positive side of the ledger is way more complex and bent with all manner of trouble and possible um, problems than the negative side of the ledger is. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think... I think that it's it's fair. It's you know, like you said, it's it's a challenge, right? I mean, and and that's where, you know, yeah, today, I mean, maybe maybe in the future, right? There will be you know, through the use of of AI and predictive modeling and simulation and all these other techniques, right? Maybe in the future there'll be a way um, that that we can get there. Um, you know, today it's you know, yeah, for us it it still comes back to the tangible, you know 
science and method of measurement that, that we can conduct in our labs in a controlled setting, um, you know, and, and relying on good calibrated test equipment and that's producing yeah. good data. And, you I know, and it, it, it just, that's, that's what it comes back to for us. So. I love that. You know, it's interesting. I think AI is like a code word for you're about to get tricked, sucker. Ain't that right, Gray? Hey, uh, the computer told us that it's got to be like that. It's not us. It's You know, we're switching from experts. The experts told me to do it to now the computer told me to do it. And the computer has no liability. <laughs> so nobody's responsible. What's up, Greg? What do you got? So are there any human-centric or health claims that you have verified currently? Yeah, we have. As of yet, no. Um, there, there are... Uh, I'll say active conversations in that area uh, currently, um, and you know we'll see where those go. Um, but I will say it's it's challenging for the reasons we just discussed, right? With, without you know I'll say approved test methods or ways that we can validate and verify, you know, making sure that we have a a claim that is you know can be verified, right, through me test and measurement. That's you know, that, that kind of, I'll say it pairs down the, the, the playing field of, of claims, right? And, and so that's an area that we'll see where that goes. But as it stands today, we, we do not have that yet. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. But what, what could possibly be a claim? Like human-centric friendly, whatever that means. But you're going to improve your work 10%. You know, like what could possibly be a claim out of this? I don't see it that you can measure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's uh, those are claims that I think that, you know, maybe some people would like to make. Right. Is, you know, uh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. Use, use sure. our product. Right. And hey, I, um, I would love to be able to say that to customers. Are you kidding I me? Too. <laughs> if I could yeah. say that to customers, I'd be swinging through the trees with a knife in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling right. You. Right. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, for us, it just comes back to, you know, we can we can characterize how a product performs right and then from that data you know then it's then it's really up to what i would say you know it, it's up to you know industry and and those to, to decide okay based on data right how do we how do we take those learnings and, and can that actually someday maybe mean something you know that if your product does this right it will equate to this outcome um you know but I, I don't think we're there yet, right? And so that's that's where again we we always try to bring people back, you know, from those like you said, they'd love to make these claims, but you know, immediately we come back to saying, look, you know, unless unless I'm able to test that and validate that through test and measurement in my lab, right? I I just can't I can't give you supporting data that would allow you to go out and make such a claim. So. You know that's that's where we keep bringing it back to. So it's it's challenging for sure, and and we're having we're having discussions with with uh, I'll say different entities and different customers. It's definitely a high area of interest, but you know so far it's it's we're we're seeing that it it, it is challenging. And until marketing claims are are get to the point where they have to be monitored or enforced, how are you ever going to get the person buying the product to care that that claim is certified? That's what I you know like. That's a bigger picture of all this. I Can love I answer the idea. that Don't question? Wrong. Can I answer that it's question open. for yeah. you, Do for it. you, Todd? See, I, I sure. think that just just one of the points I wrote down was that, you know, having a UL certified marketing claim, 
is actually very powerful for people in the position of Greg, Eric, and I. Um, it, it's extremely powerful because we're, it actually takes the responsibility away from us. And I, and I, I don't like that. It's not like I want that. But at the end of the day, with health effects or flicker-free is a great one. So you say, hey, this one is flicker-free. You all, you all verified it's less than two, you know, this percentage of flicker, and that's considered flicker-free. Mm-hmm. Or that's considered low, whatever it is, or un, unnoticeable flicker, or T8 electronic ballast level flicker, like it was before. Whatever you want, right? So we can confidently state that to customers. If we had something with a UL verifier, like I said before, swinging through the trees with a knife in your teeth, you give that tool to a Greg Eric, he'll sell $5 million worth that stuff a year, no problem. Look at he split. You know what I'm saying? If you can actually do a proposal, which it has the productivity benefit, how much do you pay your people? Yeah? How many sick days do you have last year? Oh, yeah? You know what I'm saying? If you could actually yeah. sit down and have like a UL name to say, yeah, and, and you know, the, the verification is done by the underwriters of the laboratory. Oh really? Yeah, it's not even us. We're not. We're just. We're just. We're yeah. just the messengers. We're just the messengers, brother. You know. That's the that's the key, right? Is is that today, right? You see so many claims out there today that mm-hmm. these manufacturers are made, right? And of course, what are they? You know, there's there's a lot of products out there, not just in lighting, but any any product category where you know you see these claims. And look, how many times as a consumer have we all purchased products? you know, thinking and reading a claim that how this product was going to perform and you get it home only to find out that guess what? It didn't perform that way. (laughs) So, you know, I think that that's, that's something where, you know, the, the value of having an independent third party like UL, right. That can come in, validate. And, and that's where, you know, for the manufacturer, that's a tremendous benefit. Just like you said, right. It, Hey, it's not me saying that my product will do this. We had it independently mm-hmm. verified and tested through UL, and they validated that this claim is true, right? It is accurate. Our product does this. And, and so, you know, that can carry a lot of weight, especially, you know, in, in, a, in an ocean of products out there with, with many of the same claims and, and claiming different things, right? It, it is a great opportunity for people to set their product apart, right, and, and differentiate it from all the others maybe that, that they're out there competing with. Uh, have you ever verified a lifetime claim in the LED lighting business? So in the um, so it, it certainly could be verifiable. Um, you know that's that's something that could be, easily be measured. Um, to my knowledge, I don't believe we have. I'm not sure that we have <laughs> a lifetime claim out there. Um, certainly in LED, just because the you know you can't accelerate typically LED tests. So, you know, um, it, it's, it's and who wants to raise and, that black curtain? Anyway, right? <laughs> So, right, right. So, um, so no, we haven't haven't done it, but it could be done if people had the patience and the time. You know why? You know, the question comes down, but the technology would change so fast from the time you started testing that the by the time That's you finish the testing, you'd be looking at something new anyway. Um, exactly. Just to, I think you know, Greg. Just to, to wrap it up, I was going to say this to after, but I think it's just good to have it out there in the show. I think we should do an LS Evolve module on like navigating the certification landscape, you know, and you just have a module that just, these are the different agencies. This is what they do. This is their specialties. This is what you want to look for on a light bulb. This is what you want to look for on a light fixture. This is what you want to look for here. I think that would be super valuable for distributors. 
Um, we would be we would be very I, I will tell you I'll raise my hand and say that UL we would be very pleased to do a webinar or you know help in that manner to, to just you know to, to shed some light and educate on you know what product certification is uh, you know really how it's you know how does it happen you know all of the steps and you know walk people through it so that they really understand um you know more about certification what the marks mean and um you know that that could that could be a really valuable how to verify um, them on the learning. websites how to so, verify them absolutely because yeah. i've actually done that a couple times when i was suspicious of something i've gone to yep. the ul you can actually put the ul number and it comes up who's the manufacturer and um exactly. you know, how what was certified for because sometimes cul is faked in canada so the, 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 the Chinese manufacturer will have UL and then they'll, oh, I can't sell them into Canada because they're not CUL because the standards are different. And yep. uh, they don't have the label. They'll just put the C on there. And yep. you can find that out if it's actually legitimate or not. So, yeah, it's been helpful. Yeah, Talk, and it's even the same thing. Same thing with this. Uh, I was just going to say same thing with the marketing claim verification. There's actually a unique identifier on the label. The same thing that you can type in that unique identifier into our searchable database and it will show you that that claim what the claim is who made the claim and how the product was tested and it actually even goes in and gives a little bit of uh, we allow the manufacturer to give us a little bit of background about the product and and its characteristics on on the website so it's uh, it's actually a pretty helpful database i have one more question for you actually enforcement sure. what does enforcement look like to uh, for people domiciled in in a country with a the rule of law, and let's say countries that are that may not have the rule of law as as intact as perhaps we do, what's the difference? So how do you handle those things? So specific, so uh, enforcement of of the marketing claim verification, or just in general? In general, like or, UL marks of any general? kind, if they've been yeah, faked, so, what happens? Yeah, so what we'll we will actually work again. We we have very strong relationships with with law enforcement all around the world and in Interpol. But what we also do is we take very aggressive action. What what we do once a product is certified, that's then begins the the actual process of surveillance. And so surveillance can consist of it, it consists of factory inspections um, on an ongoing basis. Typically, you know, very four times a year, right? Once a quarter, we will send an inspector into that factory to make sure the product is being manufactured um, appropriately to the standard, the way that we certified it. No components have changed, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, there is a, a surveillance aspect um, to the certification that is ongoing. And if we identify, if, if it is brought to our attention through customs or, or other means, um, that there's a product uh, that they can't find in our directory that's bearing a UL mark. We actually, our brand protection team immediately gets involved and engaged, and um, they will they'll work with local law enforcement to track that down and and uh, you know put an end to that situation and hopefully uh, catch the perpetrators in in the process and you know try to try to limit those things from happening. So it's a uh, it's been a great program for UL. Greg looks like the you know the good guys. Win in the end, I guess, here, eh? So, Todd, thank you for being a guest on the show. Very informative, fascinating stuff. Um, I'm going to take right. you up on that offer uh, for navigating the certification landscape. I think we're going to call it that, the program. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Greg, but we got to get crazy before we go. Finish off crazy. You know, TCP, every LED light bulb you can imagine. And you know what else? 
this is tied into today they're ul listed they go through all the right certifications and make sure they do the right thing go to tcpi.com that's right craziest folks in lighting i go there every day so i'm on tcpi buying from them all the time great company love ellis love the team down there at TCP, and of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. TCP is a longtime member of that association. Hey, man, uh, you just heard we're creating education. LS Evolve is constantly being updated with all kinds of great stuff like this. Who would have thought that distributors should know all distributor employees on the sales desk, on the order desk, and dealing with the products should have an understanding of how those certifications work so they can assure their customers that they're getting products that are safe. And so we thank Todd Straka and all you folks that have made it to the end here. Yeah, you like that hat, don't you? Yeah, you sure do if you're watching a video. That's right. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. We always love you guys. To the end, and the girls out there, lots of ladies listen to this as well. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.